1: just
0: being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, Under 17, not a Minute Without Parent, only in theaters, May 17th. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school, you're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom.
3: Uh, that was the introduction i did it sophie sophie's saying that's an acceptable introduction you know what podcast this is you clicked on it so i don't need to tell you the title i don't need to say who we are i'm just gonna dive right into the fucking episode no i'm not this is it could happen here a podcast about uh things falling apart and uh and what to maybe do to to arrest that and do something better in its place and uh You know, folks who are are regular listeners who listen to the original scripted episodes of It Could Happen Here, the first 15 episodes, which I certainly recommend to everybody, know that one area in which I kind of separate from a lot of uh, particularly more liberal folks and even some folks on the left is uh, an embrace of the fact that uh, firearms are sometimes necessary tools, especially in times of collapse when things get bad. Um, Now, that said, we're also not... uh, uh, kind of uh, gun culture people here. We try not to, for one thing, recommend that everybody necessarily pick up a gun. There's a lot of people, uh, perfectly nice people who shouldn't have them, who don't need to have them, you know, if you're dealing with suicidal ideation or whatever. We're not, the point is we try to be very careful about how we, we talk about firearms as a potentially useful or even potentially necessary tool in the times that we're in. And today, since we're a few weeks into this, we've covered producing food. We've covered some medical stuff. We've talked about uh, community organizing and a number of other things that I think are priorities for most people before, you know, getting strapped. Uh, today, we're going to talk a little bit about getting strapped. Uh, and my guest today is Paul. Paul, do you want to kind of introduce your background in brief so people know why, uh, why you're on here?
4: Sure, Robert. Uh, I was in the Marine Corps and infantry. And after that, I went to security consulting, and then to uh, the Federal Protective Service, and finally the ATF, some of uh, our f- funnest agencies.
3: <laughs> yeah, all my favorite organizations there.
4: <laughs> yeah, well, they're better uh, than the, the, what is it, the FDA.
3: Yeah, they, they beat the FDA. I mean, in terms of body count, they're certainly better than the FDA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And what, what do you do now, Paul, that you're, uh, you're, you're out of that line of work?
4: Uh, well, I do two things. I got a day job at Disney World, mm-hmm. and then uh, the the side gig is we run a explosives and machine gun supply company, also body armor, a handful of other things. But uh, that that's the big thing is destructive devices.
3: Yeah, and uh, you've you've got, I think, experience that a lot of people, particularly on this side of the political aisle, lack. You know, one of the one of the downsides of a uh, kind of rejecting the federal government and, and the military and all its forms is that there's a lot of people who may accept the validity of being armed and don't really have much in the way of practical training. And firearms are tools that to use most efficacy do require training and practice. You can't just, um, you can pick them up and be dangerous, but not in a way that is particularly protective to you and your community.
4: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> um. So I wanted to talk about kind of recommendations and and everything we talk about. Nothing we're we're not talking in the context of forming a militia uh, or in the context of <laughs> you know showing up with guns to to yell at people at a protest. If that's the thing you're choosing to do, that's a whole different ballgame. We're talking about um, kind of responsibly arming yourself and your community in a way that is not going to get you in legal trouble. Um, it is also not going to endanger them because one of the things you have to accept about firearms is that um, there's a risk, you know, related to owning a firearm, um, not just the risk that like, you know, suicide risk raises if you have a gun in the house. But just um, if you don't use them properly, even carrying a gun, you know, it's not uh, uh, unheard of for people carrying guns to have those weapons taken from them and used against them. It happens to police and it happens to, to armed citizens. So it's it's a matter of – um You know, uh, I I think when you accept that you're going to be armed, there's something incumbent upon you to understand the risks of being armed. And I guess that's kind of where I want to start. Like, what are some of the big pitfalls you see people uh, fall into, like, um, that I think traditionally training is supposed to uh, uh, help allay to some degree?
4: Uh, Well, probably number one is uh, grandpa's gun in the closet that's been there Mm -hmm. for 40 years unfired and somebody just picks it up and... Mm-hmm. throw some ammo in it to go hunt a deer and, um, you know, it's got a barrel obstruction or something. It just blows up, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but number two and, and the one that can be mitigated by training rather than just general, uh, not being stupid. Cause it's kind of stupid to pick something up. That's really old and just try to shoot mm-hmm. it is, um, not shooting yourself. <laughs> and when you do go out to the range, not shooting other people, And then not shooting people in your own home, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't, as much as you might want to say, defend your own home, do you want to uh, shoot your wife when she comes home at 2.30 in the morning uh, after work and wakes you up? Um, And there are ways to mitigate that, And, and it's really easy, and it's really cheap, so
3: yeah let's uh, let's let's start with some of those just if you're if you're new to if you've decided I need a gun for whatever reason you purchase a gun um you know i I think the most basic first things are are in terms of like actually making that relatively safe is number one knowing which which kind of firearm to purchase and yep. number two and these are not an order of importance these are both very important number two is securing that weapon properly as opposed oh, yeah. to just having it laying loose in the house, uh, which is never the best place to best way to store a firearm. (laughs) Is
4: it? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, I I own a number of personal firearms. Um, You know, I'm in my office right now where I got a locked door and nobody can get in and I got a gun safe back behind the monitors. Um, And, you know, I'm comfortable with that. But if, if it was in a place where kids could get at it, you don't want to just stuff it in, uh, in a sock in the closet, mm-hmm. which is actually what my mom did when I was a kid. Yeah, I mean, safe storage. Uh, and, I mean, really, being able to identify your target is probably the biggest preventer of, like, uh, in- inter-family accident. Because I know, you know, we do talk about safe storage, kids, and all that. But um, back to the wife coming home, if you just put a light on your gun... $100 mm-hmm. light, you can look at the thing that you're shooting in the middle of the night and uh, not shoot someone you don't want to shoot.
3: Yeah, I would go so far as to say that, like, if you've got a, a home defense weapon without a light on it, um, you don't fully have a home defense
4: weapon. No, uh, no, you, uh, yeah, it, no, you don't. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. Um, it's going to be useless in roughly half of the situation. Statistically, yep. like if you're looking at when people are actually tend to be endangered in their own homes, the vast majority of the situations in which you might be in danger. Um, when it comes to weapon selection, uh, this is an air, er- another area where like, if you go on, maybe one of the worst places in the world to have this discussion <laughs> is Twitter because everybody oh, has God. their opinions yeah. on Twitter. Um, I I tend to say because I think most people when they're looking for a first gun if they're if they're committed just like thinking of personal defense they're going to go for like a Glock or something and I I think unless you're planning on carrying a gun and you can correct me if you disagree here but I I tend to think a handgun again unless you're intending on carrying a concealed weapon is is the last thing that you should own as a gun
4: owner. Um, uh, I got a mixed opinion on that. I okay. mean, yeah, I I think that. Uh, the handiness of a handgun can outweigh some of the issues i I know you guys dealt with fires up there we have hurricanes yep Yep. um being able to stick a handgun into a backpack you know it it can go a long way or being that is a good point um keep keep it on you in your car because i i here we're in and that will depend on state
3: carry. laws yeah <laughs> everything oh, yeah. we say depends on state laws yeah, but yeah if, there are if, states where you can yeah
4: yeah if you're in uh california and you're in one of the mm-hmm. counties that it doesn't issue a concealed carry of license like at la it's really hard to get yeah. one from what i understand
3: yeah you gotta get to um, san Bernardino if you want
4: to get one of those yeah, yeah. i mean yeah. first off like two th- i got a short list of guns and like two-thirds of the list illegal in california mm-hmm. they're they're not on roster but for what's most usable against or most handy, it, it's probably a handgun. But if you're expecting a threat more than mm-hmm. uh, like thirty feet away, have something other than a handgun. Handguns—they suck at hurting people. They suck at killing people. Yeah, they're they're ineffective. Um, they're
3: hard to use. I mean, th- oh, we yeah. say thirty feet away, but if you're not training regularly, hitting something reliably in a stressful situation at thirty feet with a handgun—it it can be difficult. Be, it's, yeah. it's not yeah. easy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's not easy. And I, I tend to recommend, number one, there are some options. Like even if you're sticking with a handgun, there are different kind of, um, like, uh, uh, options for that. Like I, I, am a big, <laughs> uh, advocate of pistol caliber carbines, which is essentially. Oh, they're
4: cool as fuck.
3: The size of a small rifle. So you can fit them easily in a backpack. Every backpack I've yep. owned, you can, you can stick something like, um, like a CZ Scorpion in without much yeah, difficulty. Yeah. And because they're, so when you're talking about what makes a weapon easier to use, Number the, One of the number one things is size. So the longer the barrel, the more accurate it is. The heavier the gun, the less recoil is a problem. The easier it is to use at range. Um, and a pistol caliber carbine, you know, you stick a light on that. That's a, a really good home defense weapon. Um, oh,
4: absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially uh, people will argue about the different types of magazines. Mm-hmm. But if you yeah. buy one that takes a, a Glock magazine yep. and you have a Glock you can build a full little loadout that mm-hmm. just takes all the same magazines, one is more accurate, one is a handgun mm-hmm. um, and you know all the same ammo you're not having to uh uh figure out and read a bunch on on what kind of ammo you need and stuff like that. You just buy one and it works for everything
3: yeah um, and and when when you're talking about ammo, I think one of the most important things like Especially if you're worried about a survival situation, is is availability, um, which is the nice thing about like what we call the NATO calibers. So the NATO calibers oh. are nine millimeter, seven sixty-two by fifty-one, better known as three hundred eight. Your grandpa's hunting rifle is oh. seven sixty-two by fifty-one, um, or it's thirty out six, but whatever. Um, and then five five six slash two two three, and those are the rounds. That's like five five six is the standard. That's what's in your bog standard AR fifteen. Um and so almost no matter what happens, um, including you know ammo crunches, you will be able to find some amounts
4: of of those oh, yeah. calibers. Generally, D- dig even through your neighbor's gone. drawer, yeah. and you're going to find <laughs> yeah. a box of bullets. They might not even own um, a gun, and they got a box yeah. of nine millimeter.
3: Yeah, everybody's got nine millimeter. And um, so yeah, I I think that the 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 basics of like um what to get if you're looking at kind of just a basic defensive arm, um, you know, how to store it safely. You know, those kind of questions are important. Um, when it comes to training, uh, what are some of, in your opinion, like the, the mistakes that you see people make when it comes to kind of, of, of practicing training with their weapon,
4: um, going to an NRA basic, like four hour class and thinking Mm -hmm. that you are a God, um, Mm -hmm. There there are people who have spent um, five days a week going to classes and doing training because there, there's practice and then there's training. Training is where someone teaches you something. Uh, practice is where you, you go with what you're already taught, right? Um, so there there are people that spend all that time and they're still not uh, uh, the best in the world. Um, there are people who do a ton of practice. Jerry Micklich, you know, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen him shoot, but he's... Uh, He's like the fastest gun in the world, or something like yeah. that. Yeah, um, yeah. His videos are crazy. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he'll he'll outshoot a, a full auto gun. You yeah, know, with with revolvers. Uh, yeah, and it's just like, you know, it's just absolutely mind blowing. Um, but no, yeah, he's
3: like uh, he's like he's like Michael Jordan or something. You know, you just get these oh, yeah. people who have uh, uh, almost it's just nat- natural of, ability. Yeah. Um, Certainly married with a practicing, but yeah, continue.
4: If if you had a fight, uh, a gunfight, which they, they really don't happen that much, but if you had a gunfight no. between um, a guy with a high point C nine, who which had is ta- one of
3: the cheapest,
4: uh, cheapest
3: handguns you can uh, get, uh, yeah. quote
4: reliable handguns on the face of the earth, if if you had a guy with that that had had paid five hundred dollars for a training class over a weekend and still went and uh, uh, went to the shooting range every week and practiced. And, um, or not even every week, just every month, and then did dry fire drills once a month in his garage or whatever, versus a guy who went out and bought a uh, Wilson Combat $3,000 mm. 1911 but had only taken the NRA class. I will bet on the guy with the C8 um, yeah. or the C9 all day long, um, even if he's only got one bullet. You know, he, mm-hmm. Yeah, don't, don't care. He'll win.
3: And often, like, for all, of the, for all of the guys you see, you know, with, in all of their tactical gear and whatnot, and, and their spare mags taking, like, 300 rounds out. Oh, God. A, if you actually look at most defensive shootings, um, it's very common, and I think, like... It's the, like the three to five of, rounds. Yeah, three to five rounds. Yeah. Three to five rounds, generally closer than 30 feet, sometimes closer than, like, 10 or 15.
4: Th- um, this sits in my pocket most of the time. It's, is it's that a just Glock
3: 19?
4: A, no, it's a 43. Oh, Glock so, yeah. So tiny. Um, yeah. It has more bullets than I'll ever need in a gunfight. Probably. Yeah.
6: Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today. For a sound sleep tonight, visit Lisa.com slash iHeart. That's L E E S A dot com slash Iheart. I think I want to pivot from this
3: point to um we started this by introducing that uh, you you spent some time in the ATF, uh, spent some time in the, <laughs> the FPS. Uh, I haven't had any personal interactions with the ATF, but I have met some FPS guys on the streets <laughs> of Portland. You know, um, I'm kind of curious, especially as because I, I came in contact with you through your through
4: your Twitter, where you're you're very my, my, vocal. Yeah my yeah. my personal twitter.
3: Yeah, and you're <laughs> you're quite politically active now. Um in a way that I think is surprising to people for someone with your background. Are you comfortable with kind of tracing uh sort of the broad strokes of your journey there because I think that's instructive um for folks.
4: Oh, at FPS specifically?
3: <laughs> well, just kind of what brought you from there to here.
4: Oh, um so I got kind of uh oh man, what what's what's the word for when you just get a uh, I don't know. I I just I got to a point. I showed up for uh, for work at four thirty in the morning, mm-hmm. and I was literally shuffling through some some paperwork, and and was um, getting ready to file a warrant. And just kind of realized I didn't think that it needed to happen. And you know, I I, I talked to my supervising agent about it, and um, was kind of told too bad and. And I put in for some vacation time and ended up um, putting in my resignation while I was on vacation. I mean, that that's the gist of how I became uh, not a cop.
3: Yeah. And um, I'm wondering kind of what uh, have, do you think is there anything that kind of I don't know what looks different to you now as you've kind of left that behind? Was it like sort of a. Um, I, I'm guessing there's like a period, like a goldfish, you know, in a new bowl of of acclamation to to life outside of being a cop. Um, like what what were the first kind of things that started to shift in your perspective when you left that that thought space?
4: I'll, I'll tell you what. Uh, watching uh or reading whatever an article or a YouTube video, especially now that body cams are more and more mm-hmm. uh, prevalent, it is watching something reading the uh the press release and going but that's that's not what happened like i just watched it and 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 going from being able to justify it in your own mind and literally Mm -hmm. argue with people and be a hundred percent convinced like that was a good shoot Mm -hmm. um castillo what was it philandro castillo yeah oh god oh god and he was i mean if
3: you've if you've gotten lost track of this shooting in between all the others. Philando was a, a a black man, a legal gun owner with a legal concealed carry permit who was pulled over yeah. with his girlfriend and child in a car and uh, hands on the wheel, told the officer he had a gun uh, and got shot. Um, yep. You know, and, and did the thing you're supposed to do. Although now, actually, since then you will get like some states will and some training classes will recommend if it's not legally required and you're carrying a gun, don't say anything for that reason. But I yeah, mean, that's he, he went. Vary. Yeah.
4: Uh, the, the command to not reach for the gun to Mm -hmm. being shot multiple times in the chest was like under two seconds. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I mean, the decision was already made as soon as, as soon as he gave the command, the decision was made. Um, yeah,
3: here's what that brings me to in terms of a question that's relevant to the topic of, of community self-defense, of potential community armed self-defense. Because that's not that is a that is a cop problem, but that's not just a cop problem. And what happens in everybody problem uh, in the chop (laughs) in the Chaz in Seattle, the uh, the autonomous zone is evidence of that. You had this situation where people after nights and nights of mostly inaccurate warnings about Proud Boys coming to attack got amped up. They had guns. Some kids drove by in a car and they fucking shot them to death. Um, And it is the same it's the same mental thing happening. You don't have to have a badge for that that mindset to to infect yeah. you, especially when you're carrying a gun. Um, how do you, in your opinion, fight back against that?
4: <laughs> Be fucking chill. <laughs> uh, you know, like like yeah. ho- honestly, um, yeah. y- 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 if you were a teenager, which we grew up in almost the same place. You're from Plano. I'm, yeah. I'm from uh, Capel
3: yeah uh, so <laughs> i would have argued with you about them being the same place when i was the in plano place. but they're the same yeah, place yeah they're, the no, same they're place. absolutely the same place like, yeah
4: w- w- one has uh one has uh woot.com and the other one has raytheon so yeah. you know and a bunch of hospitals mm-hmm. um but uh uh it it you, you and I grew up in the same time, same place, same types of schools. How many times did you see in like high school or even middle school just a, a guy hit on a girl and then the girl's boyfriend comes over and just starts fighting him? Yeah. Like, like, like the, the guy <laughs> yeah. had no reason to know. He, he didn't know he was doing anything wrong. Um, and, and I'm not suggesting, uh, or I'm sorry, what I'm pointing out is that, um, it's almost ingrained in uh, us at a societal level to, to react violently, to maintain like our personal position. Yeah. And if that means that I'm in my neighborhood and I, I don't recognize someone, it may seem like violence is the right way to go. That's actually what, what you're doing when like uh, what's it called? Karening, you know, where you call yeah. somebody the, the black kid yell, uh, selling water bottles or whatever. Um, I know that was one in in New York where the police came and harassed, you know, some like twelve year old black kids because they were selling water bottles. Yeah. Um, it, it's the same thing. I mean, you know, in that case, you're not personally doing the violence; you're just calling somebody else to do it for you. Because um, you know, the police are kind of violence, violence mm-hmm. of monopoly and all that. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and that's um. <sighs> one of the most i think important things about that is the idea of um violence is, is like w- like when you when you're willing to accept violence to kind of maintain your 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 social position or something um and i think that has a huge amount to do with with the kind of violence you see um, at protests with like, we've had, you know, protests, quote unquote, security here in Portland, people kind of declaring <laughs> themselves security. and Yeah,
4: like, what the fuck does sh- that mean? Shooting other kids with I, paintball I
3: guns for graffiti, like, no, but it is, it is a matter for it's, they're not doing it to protect anybody. They're doing it because they've declared themselves security. Somebody doesn't listen to what they say and their ego is hurt. It's the same thing that again, cops do. It's this, it's a human mindset. It's not just a, a cop mindset. And, um, I think you, when you're talking about like, I think there's a couple of things. Number one, if you're going to be armed and if you're going to be armed in a community self-defense role, one of the things you have to accept is that like, you're not as, as a person who is armed and cares about the defense of your community, you're not a separate thing from them. I think that's no. one of the areas where, in, in which policing goes wrong. Yeah. I you mean, you can't view yourselves as separate.
4: Yeah. And, uh, I, I know you guys have a big problem with that. Um, we do here too. I, I live in mm-hmm. a Metro and, mm-hmm. Uh, our Metro police, like 99% of them don't even live in the County. Yeah. They, they yep, all it's go about the same here. Yeah. Yeah. They, they don't even, uh, not just the city. They don't live in the whole County. Um, and that's despite, uh, they, they get a living allowance if they'll live in the city. And there's a bunch of, uh, if they live in the city, they get a take home car. There, there's a bunch of incentives to try and, and get people to live here and they still won't do it. They want to go, uh, live in the next sheriff over the next yeah. county where uh yeah we have a very vocal sheriff the next county over there who's who's really racist and all that shit um yeah. and
3: i yeah i think if you're if you're talking about like the potential of of uh again of like armed community self-defense um you almost i almost would prefer phrasing it differently community self defense you know um with it the should be the entire community yeah, yeah yeah it should I be mean... the community and you're not the 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 gun isn't what you are you're not you're not security you're not self defense because you're armed <laughs> you're self defense because you're a member of the community and if you yeah. personally choose to be armed that is an option that is expanded sure. to you specifically because you're armed but it it doesn't change fun it shouldn't change what you are and if it does there's a phrase that I think is really useful. Um, the finger pulls the trigger. And if you want to avoid – or the trigger pulls the finger. Sorry. And it, it, it's this idea that when you show up armed and you're showing up armed as someone – like your purpose there is to be armed, you're at, at heavy risk of the weapon guiding your responses. Uh-huh. Um, and that's the most important thing in, in any circumstance to if, avoid if you're carrying a weapon. If, um, um, if
4: you got a hammer, everything's a nail. Exactly. Is, yeah. Well, and I, and uh, the last 20 years, we, we've had kind of a, with the war on terror, you've mm-hmm. seen a proliferation in, in media around um, making uh, Navy SEALs and all that shit mm-hmm. look re- really, really cool. Uh, every, every other movie is about that, even though, mm-hmm. like, really, they're just drunk guys who um, yell at people a lot. <laughs> and
3: who occasionally commit murder to protect. Or was that uh, was that the SEALs, or was that the Green Berets who killed that guy to protect a drug trafficking ring?
4: I mean, probably both. Oh, yeah. no, that, that was the Green Berets out <laughs> North the, Carolina. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it crosses all, all borders. Um, mm-hmm. But one thing that's come out of that is uh, we, we've started to call those guys operators, right? Yeah. So you've gone from a gun being a tool that someone trains there to use to, they are merely an operator of a weapon system. Um, and it, it's kind of dehumanizing. Like it, it allows you to get out of the thought on that. Um, it's exactly what you were talking about where, where the triggers really pulling the finger at that point.
3: Um, yeah. And it's, it's, I, I think there's a number of, I don't know. I, I there's a number of tactics it, it, and more than we can get through, and we'll, we'll be talking with some other community de- self-defense people at some point in the near future about this, because this is a big topic, right? And it's not one – I haven't seen anyone do it super well yet in the United States. Like we – anytime you have kind of persistent <laughs>
4: – Right-wingers um, do
3: every once in a while. Yeah.
4: they Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> they take over BLM land.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah.
4: But then they and, die. I forgot about they, that. Yeah, yeah they did die.
3: They <laughs> get killed. Um and I, I think that uh it's it's a it's a really messy topic because of, you know, what you brought up is is a valid point. All the everything that all the kind of social baggage there is around weaponry in this in this country and in our and in our culture, this kind of like worship of the gun. And if you think like the left is is any more immune to that than the right, you're wrong. You see the same, you know, toxic oh, yeah. behavior all around. You have to be Extremely cognizant of it, even if you know it's something to risk for. There is, um, weapons in general have a, a mental impact on us carrying them. Um, and there is, there is a level of just like being around weaponry that is, uh, entrancing. It's, it's a human thing. You know, we make weapons, it's, we're, we're yeah. tool using apes, and weapons are some of the first tools that we made that, that are responsible for why, you know, we get to tell the dogs Ooh. and the cats what to do. Um, and you have to you have to really a- approach being armed from a standpoint of rejecting a lot of that if you're going to do it responsibly. I mean, among other things, the idea that you might have to use a gun um, has to be your your are wor- very close to your worst nightmare. Yeah, because um, it, yeah, it, yeah. it would be it would be if you ever actually had to use one um, at minimum, you're talking like when you actually look at like legal self-defense shoots. You're talking minimum the next if you kill somebody at least minimum the next year of your life is is dealing with the legal consequences of that.
4: Sure, and probably hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, yeah. I mean uh, if you're having if 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 file if charges get filed, you're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah. for like a capital defense case, yeah. if not millions. Um, yeah, yeah.
3: And and that's in you know the, the, there's one of the gun YouTubers that I like to uh, push people towards toward, for this kind of stuff is a guy named Paul Harrell who is certainly more on the conservative <laughs> side, but who actually killed somebody in a self-defense sure. and went through the whole legal process afterwards and he has a couple of videos where he talks about it and he gives I think pretty good advice on that that is that is completely without ego because it was a nightmare for him it was the worst experience of his life which is what it's going to be if you ever have to use a gun and that should be like that should be the top of your that should be the top of your mindset you know I've been in this situation a couple of times at protests where like someone pulls a knife uh and starts lunging at people and I have a gun and I'm 15 feet away and I I never drew in part because it never quite crossed that line for me and I I knew that giving people the chance to de-escalate was vastly more important than um, introducing a second weapon to the situation immediately. Sure. And if things had gone differently, perhaps I would feel differently about my choices in that moment. But um, they didn't, and nobody got hurt. And that's always the best-case scenario, even if it's somebody you really dislike uh, who is is threatening people with a weapon.
4: I, Um, I swear that happened up in Olympia like two weeks ago.
3: Yeah, well... The shooting in Olympia, which was a guy named Tiny who got shot, um, and there's yeah. video of it. It's absolutely yeah, not a legally justified shoot, for sure. Like the, uh. the, the yeah. <laughs> he was he was like forty feet away, you know. Um, yeah, but he's really tall. He is big. He is. I, big. I
4: think that counts for something. He, yeah, he was tall. He was tall. He was
3: chasing them. He was armed. Um, I'm not making a moral case here. Just I know, I, I, I know. I think legally they would have had a trouble had they stayed around. Now, of course, they've got... Uh, I believe uh, they've I, been I,
4: arrested at this point. Oh, have they? I I just heard yeah, that I, have been visits. I think so. so. Sorry, I don't mean to crash it for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I saw uh, our, our best friend Andy post something about it. Um, oh yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. Two oh, days yeah. ago. three
3: days ago, three. I yeah. must have missed this. Yeah, okay. So they did. A, they did arrest the guy. Yeah, and it's. You know, it's another thing if you um. If you feel if if you're involved in like a shooting that you feel is a justified legal shooting, um, you don't you don't leave the scene. Uh, and in fact, one of the better videos you'll get on like what to do and. Uh, this guy's life has gone to shit because of the political nature of the shooting. But the guy in um, in Denver who shot that dude at a protest the the Pinker oh who man
4: that dude I'll, I'll tell you you know Mm-mm. no no matter what you want to say about whether or not it was a good shoot yeah that that he dropped that fucking guy he dropped that I mean, that gun, I mean he dropped him down on
3: his knees oh yeah yeah,
4: yeah. yeah. he um, yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was, you know, again, the court case is not settled out. So I don't know if that guy's story is going to end happily. But in terms of if you want to not get shot yourself and you want to have the maximum chance of defending yourself, if you have to shoot somebody in a situation that's legally justified, what that guy did after the shoot is is how to handle it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I I mean, the evidence for that is he did not get shot. And obviously your mileage with that's going to vary depending on your skin color.
4: Uh, um, Yeah, that's a big
0: yeah. factor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
5: Visit LiveNation.com slash concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum41, 30 Seconds from Mars. Oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.
1: Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named Best Hybrid Mattress Five Years Running.
3: actual training people can like pay for if they, if they want to take that step, which I think is a good idea. Um, wh- who do you, do you have kind of like broad recommendations for how people can know if something's, you know, cause there's, this is certainly a, a space where there's a lot of grifters and whatnot.
4: Um, um, do you, yeah. I mean, most of the uh, beginner level uh, how to fight with a gun classes mm-hmm. are two to three days long like that that's a good starting point is is the fact that you're gonna pay probably three to five hundred dollars per day um and it's going to be multiple days long you 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 can't uh, because you're going from a baseline uh you know they know you already know how to point and shoot a gun but they're gonna go for everything on uh how to draw how to move how to reload Um, you're going to have some classroom time going over their specific safety instructions and stuff like that. Um, but anything you can do in one day or four hours or, uh, 40 rounds or whatever, it isn't going to cut it. Um, Mm -hmm. you need to go get something and you need to listen because they're going to ask you to do things that might not be the way you want to do it. You might say, yeah, that's not the way my dad taught me how to reload a handgun. Mm-hmm. um uh a, a good example is actually um tactical response in tennessee they a lot of people hate them but they have a very specific way that they say everyone reloads this way in our our class you know you put it in and you slingshot the slide mm-hmm. um and then people argue and go well i want to just press the button well the button's cool and all but we want you to slingshot the slide just do it for this class mm-hmm. um Sorry, I got a little off topic there. No, 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 Um, no. Yeah,
3: that's a good point too. Because I mean, just go in and listen.
4: Yeah. Um, And and you don't have to take everything away. You 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 take what you saw as good usable information and merge that with what you already know. Maybe throw away some of what you already know, and you got this ball of goo that you can work with uh, for practice. Um, Yeah, yeah.
3: And yeah, it it is. Uh, and to that point, when you're talking about like training, one of the differences between handguns and rifles, like all all shooting, as always, there's a degree of perishableness to it. But shooting a handgun is a much more perishable skill than shooting a rifle. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's so if you're going to be armed with a handgun, um, it really behooves you to take to train. You know, um, yeah. because you're only as good as how often you've been out there, really. Um, and having a state, a good foundation, like taking some real professional classes will help a lot in that as opposed to just kind of going out to the range every now and again. But yeah, um, let's talk at the, ass, the last little bit of this here about kind of the gun that's always on the tip of everybody's tongue when you start talking about being armed and uh, armed self-defense is, you know, the AR platform. <laughs> Um, it's a gun with a lot of baggage, a tremendous amount of cultural baggage. And it's, it has become vastly more than just a firearm in our culture.
4: Okay. Um,
3: what, a what, what do you, what are kind of, cause I, I am a big advocate of people who, uh, who are open to being armed, getting an AR platform. I think oh, it's, yeah. it's a, a great gun to learn I on. mean yeah. It
4: goes, yeah, it goes bang really well almost yep. every time, as long as it's from a, a reputable manufacturer. Mm-hmm. Um, despite what some people say they're very reliable yeah Um, they're easy to clean L- literally as long as you keep them lubricated e- even in the field you keep it lubricated it will just yeah. just keep banging out rounds Um and
3: it, it functions and you know we talked about this during the episodes on like you know food storage and 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 whatnot like where there's a there's the there's the cheap version I, I like stuff where there's there's the cheap version that works and there's the expensive so, version that works. and you you have that with an AR. You can get a uh, very yeah. inexpensive AR and you can you can replace every part of that AR over the next five years I, and have a six thousand dollar gun.
4: I, I, I did um, minor price checking last night because I was like, mm-hmm. you know, I haven't checked the price the retail prices on stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So in like your your budget tier, normal price that, that's out right now, you got like a, a Ruger AR five five six. They're seven hundred bucks. Yeah, I mean, that's that's dirt cheap, and and it's going to go bang. Just and the it's same, a great
3: gun. Yeah, I have a yeah. friend who who's, who's AR is a Ruger five five six, and they're very solid.
4: Yeah, they just they go bang every time. Mm. Uh, you're not going to break it. Um, I mean, as long as you don't use it like a baseball bat, you're not going to break it. Yeah, now, especially
3: th- now that the Russian steel case ammo has been banned. <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh, but then, like the the other end of the spectrum is you got a sig right
3: yeah i've got a couple
4: okay so you know what the rattler is
3: oh yeah that's a fun one yeah, uh, i so, do not own a rattler but they are they are well, cute
4: <laughs> do, do you know how much well for, first off uh the the rattler it's a short barrel 556 it's not really an AR15 but like technically it kind of is yeah um it, and it, it it's well, how about this? How much do you think that the rattler costs right now? Don't don't go oh, look. It's just just probably take probably
3: twenty five hundred bucks would be my guess. Twenty eight hundred. Twenty eight hundred. Yeah. <laughs> twenty eight hundred.
4: Yeah. <that> now <laughs> it's uh, now I actually put it in my category of honorable mention slash meme because mm-hmm. it, it's kind of a meme gun. Uh, mm-hmm. It's so tiny, um, but I don't want to get shot with it. But that's well, kind no, of the the, yeah. the spread we were talking about, which is, you know, y- you can get a $700 gun and it'll go bang the exact mm-hmm. same way as the Rattler. Um, it fires the same bullet. Um, and you can build up to something, not like a Rattler, but you can build up to um, a bunch of Novesky parts. You can throw a bunch yeah. of Novesky parts into a, that Ruger lower and upper that you bought and build a really awesome gun that will mm-hmm. be... You know, 99.9% reliable. Um,
3: yeah. Yeah. And you can, uh, you know, I, I think generally if you're buying like a, again, you're, you're getting kind of a, a, a bargain basement AR. One of the first things that, that it's going to behoove you to replace is the optics. You know, it'll probably start with iron oh, sights. But Shit, these yeah.
4: don't even come with anything.
3: <laughs> yeah, usually they, they come with nothing on them and you have to yeah. stick the irons or you stick a reflex sight. There's a whole world of... um. Of optics. And I think one of the actually one of the websites I I recommend people. Check into if you're looking and kind of reading up on this and and doing your due diligence is Pew Pew Tactical.
4: Oh yeah, um,
0: yeah. They I know.
3: do not written from like a super you know chuddy or or whatever. Like you get a lot of very political gun websites that may have some good information but are frustrating to read. They're not that way. They're written you know for people who are not super aggro about guns but who are 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 interested in guns and you can find really good reviews on stuff. But as a general rule. Modern optics beat iron sights every day of the week. Oh, yeah. You may prefer iron. And I do in some cases. On my AKs, I I vastly prefer using irons. But that would never be the weapon I would pick if I was in a a situation where I needed a weapon, you know?
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I think everyone should learn how to use iron sights.
3: Absolutely.
4: But if I can hand someone a $450 Aimpoint Pro... Mm-hmm. which which is uh the budget version of a high-end optic mm-hmm. if i can put a 450 optic with the mount and everything onto a mm-hmm. rifle and just go hey just just put the dot on what you want to shoot you're done mm-hmm. um now there's a lot that goes past that but yeah. we got rid of the entire uh a proper sight alignment and all that they just got to put the dot on the box and squeeze yeah um, yeah, I mean, even, even the Marine Corps, famous for, for fielding marksmen, has gone, we're going to switch over to optic-based training.
3: Yeah, they're just, I mean, you look at even guys in, like, Idlib province, which is, like, one of the rebel provinces in Syria that's been persistently under siege for most of the last decade. Um, they're all using fancy optics now, like, yeah. generally often Alibaba versions of, like, you yeah, know, yeah. Name brand optics, but it does the trick, you know? I mean, it's um,
4: a it's a Sig Romeo that never got yeah. the roll market for Sig on it.
3: Yeah, um, exactly.
4: And they paid a hundred bucks instead of four fifty.
3: Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I think that's most of what we can responsibly get through. I do want to end <laughs> on the caveat we started with this with, which is that um, deciding whether or not we and, and, I, I, we advocate. Uh, Firearms as an option, both as a legal option and something that can be, for your community and for you as an individual, potentially practical. I don't blanket advise people to buy guns. I think in many cases it's going to be counterproductive. I think you should not own a firearm, again, if you're someone who struggles with suicidal ideation. They, they can be a very dangerous thing to have in your home if that's something that, that you battle with. I do think that they can be owned and used very responsibly Uh, in addition to I think shooting can be a really enjoyable pastime. Um, And I think more than anything, when a whole bunch of people who are talking about killing you all have guns, it it can behoove you to own a firearm as well if you're a member of one of those communities. So please don't take any of this as uh, Robert Evans says, everyone go buy a gun. But if you're going to buy a gun, there's, there's a right way and a responsible way to go about it. And there's, you know, picking up a random twelve gauge and shoving it under your bed. Which oh is... God, no! <laughs> yeah.
4: No, no more shotguns for home defense.
3: Yeah, they're not. They're not ideal. Um, yeah, I mean, we can we could talk about over penetration and stuff, but uh, yeah, it, it, yeah. I mean, um, just
4: uh, being able to move lead in a direction, they're very bad yeah. at it.
3: Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Yeah, they they they're not they're not. I mean, again, something like a, a, a an AR or a pistol caliber carbine is in a lot of situations going to be a much more practical and and have less risk of hitting stuff you don't want to hit necessarily.
4: Get get the high point um yeet the the yeet yeah
3: cannon. the yeet cannon yeah. <laughs> We'll we'll discuss that on our whole episode of about high points. Uh, so you've shot yourself in the dick. Yes, <laughs> the high point story. Uh. Uh, all right. Well, um, do you want to, Paul? You got any got anything to plug before we roll out here?
4: Uh, give food to homeless people. Well, houseless, mm-hmm. houseless. Yeah. I think is yeah. Um, and if you're in an area with a based DSA. Join the DSI and then vote out the shit libs. Um, that's what's happening here in Orlando. Um, but yeah, embrace anarchy.
3: <laughs> well, I'm uh, Robert Evans. This has been a podcast, and uh, and remember, as we sail out, there's a reason the episode talking about guns came after the episodes talking about uh, storing and growing food. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Evans here, and I wanted to ask for your help. There is a Portland-area woman, Ruba Tamimi. She's an Arabic interpreter and a Palestinian liberation activist, and she is trying to save her home at the moment. Uh, She's got a GoFundMe. If you go to Save Ruba's House, R-U-B-A, on GoFundMe, you'll find it, uh, Save Ruba's House on GoFundMe. If you've got a few bucks, um, she could really use it. Again, Save Ruba's House, R-U-B-A, at GoFundMe. Thanks.